0: Welcome to Dads Meet World, a podcast where two dads sit down and figure out... What is this world and what are we learning in it? Uh, This is a deep dive podcast of Boy Meets World. I am uh, one of your hosts, Tyler. And I am your other host, Brett. And we welcome you back
1: into the living room this week. We're going to sit down and uh, spin the old VHS tape to take a look at uh, one of these early first season episodes. So, Tyler, how's how's your week been?
0: (laughs) Well, uh, hasn't been too bad. I uh, went for a walk today, uh, took the family out and we just kind of just were in nature for a little bit and got bit up a little bit, but you know, walked, uh, my sister's dog and we just had a, a good old time. How are you doing?
1: Not doing all right. Keep busy. I got to finally get out this weekend. My wife got me a drone. For Christmas and we are recording two weeks into July and I have finally had a weekend where the weather was good and Mm -hmm. we did not have a, a, a scheduled event or a vacation. Or COVID or some other illness that prevented me from actually getting out and using it so Saturday I got to go out in between rain showers and use my drone for the very first time so that was a lot of fun very nice very nice some, uh, yeah a uh, technology that did not ever grace Boy Meets World unfortunately yeah
0: you got to wonder what they would do if they were to find a drone you know how would they handle that would they be okay
1: i really want to see eric with a drone i i can I, I just i envision him using a drone in what was it season 6 when uh he's got his own uh his own uh mini tv show starring rachel mm-hmm. that would have to be one of his camera setups
0: well, probably would be. Probably would be. Or he would just use it to bring stuff to him, so he wouldn't have to get off the couch. Probably, because there are, are, yeah, there are streaks where Eric is just straight up lazy and just doesn't want to get off the couch. So yes. that could be one a, of those things that he would use it for. That's because he's a townie. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> but, you know, you do have to wonder at what point can you just fly your own drone to a place, grab the thing you need, and then walk out.
1: Well, I mean, Amazon has been experimenting with using drones for deliveries, so I mean, we can't be that far.
0: Yeah, I mean, Walmart's not too far from my house. If I flew a drone over there and just go right through, grab the item off the shelf, you know, I don't see why we couldn't make it happen. Uh,
1: I don't know. I kind of half expect someone to shoot my drone. <laughs> I mean I mean,
0: There is a shooting range near my house So someone <laughs> might shoot it down
1: Yeah and Ohio's Kind of an open carry state So uh, Granted yeah. I'm not I, I went out to a baseball field Where I knew no one would be <laughs> Just kind of flying it in the open there I wasn't like flying over anyone's backyard or anything But if I was going to mm-hmm. try to fly it into Walmart Someone was definitely going to be taking that thing down <laughs>
0: Yeah, Well, do you think we should tell them what episode we're talking about today, Brent? Give I them a little think tenuces? we
1: should, yes. Uh, this week, we are looking at the fifth episode of the first season, Killer Bees. And in this episode, Corey enters a geography bee for a chance to be a bat boy at the World Series. Eric is going to an Aerosmith concert with a date and is embarrassed his mom is going to the same concert. That should actually be his mom and dad. Now, this was written by Susan Estelle Jansen, directed by David Trainer, and it aired originally on October 22nd, 1993, and currently holds an IMDB rating of 7.4.
0: Very nice. Thank you for that. So we begin the episode, Killer Bees, in the classroom, because we either start the story in the classroom or... You know, at the house, and we're starting in the classroom. Of course. Uh, Mr. Feeney's passing back some uh, uh, test scores from uh, their last geography uh, test. And uh, (laughs) this amazing bit right off the bat is, uh, you know, they're like, hey, our highest score goes to... Minkus. I didn't know if you had a clip or not, but I didn't have yeah, a clip I just, for that one. I just love that back and forth of Minkus. It's Minkus, right? Minkus. It's like,
1: yes, Minkus. Oh, yeah. I, I did notice there's no Topanga in this class. So either she doesn't share geography with Minkus and Sean and Corey, or she's on that other half of the room the camera never sees. That's just diabolical.
0: That very well could be. Well, you know, and she could be on a family meditation retreat, you know. We know that, you know, family thinks education is good, but, you know, what, what is going on with the soul, you know? What about your feelings? And so maybe they're just, you know, on a little getaway right now. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's only uh, late September, early October, so.
1: That's right. <laughs>
0: yep. So. Mr. Feeney's passing back the test and he's doing something that I I personally never had a teacher do this before and that's where he's like kind of giving comments you know about based on just you know how well he thought they like tried Uh, and maybe this is just a 90s thing who knows Um, you know one kid he's saying hey you know good job you know good try and to Corey just said hey you know this is what it is. Yeah I do have a little bit of that.
2: Miss Owen's excellent Mr. Baker very nice Mr. Matthews well,
0: there it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. so interesting because Corey's always like, "I see," like he's always like wanting I, to protest his I, grades. I <laughs> actually studied for this test.
1: Yeah, I. This is not something you would see today, and honestly, it's not something that I saw in public school back even when the when the show was running, because uh, you know, as as we've mentioned probably a dozen times at this point, I'm. Pretty much right along with Corey grade-wise at this point, maybe a year behind. And, you Mm -hmm. know, we never had assignments handed back that were uh, vocally uh, given to this. So this is definitely most likely a Hollywood thing, but it really would not fly today, I'm sure, with the prevalence of wanting to make sure that, um, uh, that everyone is encouraged. Um, I, I don't well, want to. I don't want to sound like I'm uh, like I'm mocking or uh, putting down uh, the efforts of teachers today. So please, listeners, don't take mm-hmm. it that way. I'm just trying to find a uh, a civil way of putting it out there.
0: <laughs> right. Well, even like it, when I was in a high school, and some teachers would put grades up based on, like, your ID code. And so most people didn't know each other's ID codes. Except if you're inquisitor, inqu- inquisitive like me, eventually I figured out who is all the people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know... <laughs> There is that, but like I think it is just a, one of those Hollywood-ish things that you know he just needs to throw a joke in here and there, and remember oh, that we're having fun. <laughs> yes,
1: and he, you know, in Mr. Feeney's classroom, he does seem to have he definitely has that sass relationship with Corey. I'm sure he's he's yes. built up that type of a relationship with more than just Corey.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get into uh, you know basically. Uh, learning that the textbooks that uh, Corey has is not actually up to date Mm -hmm. uh, because apparently in his textbooks East Germany and West Germany are still a thing Mm -hmm. as well as Alaska and Hawaii still being considered territories. They'll make great states someday. (laughs) Yes. Um, And I did look into this a little bit. Uh, I was trying to find like is there a specific textbook that like we could find this example out of and Either people just don't do well at uh, putting those things out or this is just not my field of research. Uh, What what I did find is that essentially it takes roughly like five to seven years for new curriculum to get to a school. Mm -hmm. Um, That's like them going through writing it. That is, um, you know the states approving those textbooks and then them actually getting to the schools and of course you know the well-off schools will get the textbooks first and then the not so well-off schools will eventually get them mm-hmm. um, and so you know roughly with the Berlin Wall coming down in 89 it makes sense that in 93 they don't have up-to-date textbooks mm-hmm. and, so- um, and I I oops, Oh no!
1: Keep going. Go Keep ahead. going. Your thought. I'll. I'll hop I mean, on I was going to say,
0: like, when I did geography in uh, fifth or sixth grade, I uh, can't remember exactly when, but I do remember they would give us maps and say, "This is the map that is the correct map. This is the one we're using. Don't look in the textbooks." Mm -hmm. You know, not because they were way off at that point, but just to be on the safe side, they were like, this is what we're grading off of pay attention to this. So I'm sure Corey got that instruction, but just wasn't paying attention. So.
1: (laughs) Right. And I, I, uh, you know, I, I have memories of some of those same things where there were certain subjects where we had handouts or Mr. Feeney had his mimeographs and, uh, you know, and we can uh, we can extrapolate from this that uh, Corey school is we already know it's a public school so it's not you know probably not near the top in the Philly area and since their textbooks are at least this far out of date, we can assume that it is probably not one of the the richer uh, more well-funded public schools in the area. so you know yep in the middle of the road at best for the Philly education, so, yeah, makes you wonder just how well-educated Minkus and uh, Topanga are, and just how challenged they will be throughout their high school
0: career. Yep. Uh, we get a couple of jokes, we get into the theme song once again, and then we cut back, back into the classroom.
3: History? Lincoln always gets shot in the head. <laughs>
2: Lincoln got off easy. (laughs) I love that one.
0: (laughs) That's not surprising. Anywho, so we discover that, uh... Mr. Feeney, uh, is preparing his students for the geography, uh, tournament that'll be taking place. And he is, uh, elected Minkus as his, uh, champion of choice and going for his sixth in a row championship. Minkus. Can I yes. take a guess? Minkus. <laughs> Uh (laughs) And for whatever reason, Mr. Feeney decides to say, oh, yes. And the winner will be Bat Boy at the first game of the World Series.
1: Now, I want to take I want to take a step back. Now, granted, yes, real world. This is 1993 TV land. Where did all those plaques come from in Mr. Feeney's classroom? I've never seen them in the first four episodes. Yes. And we'll never see them again. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, maybe it's just around the time of the tournament. He pulls it out where he really <laughs> focuses on geography. Very well but could
1: be. I can I can buy that explanation um, better than anything else I could come up with off the top of my head. But did you notice right. also that when Mr. Feeney is talking about all of this, that Corey and Sean are playing rock, paper, scissors for something in the background? No, <laughs> I couldn't quite make out what it was for, but it looked like it was just like a like a candy bar or like some peanut butter crackers or something. But you mm-hmm. can see in the background, and if you watch and along, go go ahead and go back to this scene. Uh, it's about where he's talking with Minkus about the prize um, hmm. uh, not being a wall map any longer. It's Batboy now. Um, it's just before Corey realizes what the prize is. But he and Sean are in the back, and it's uh, it's a very aggressive game of rock, paper, scissors.
0: Interesting. I almost wonder if, like, the actors themselves were just told, like, act like you're not paying attention. So they just had a game that they were playing and just kind of well got caught. <laughs> I mean, I will say that these are all young actors that are trying to be told, act this way, and they're having a hard time every now and then. Mm -hmm. And I do have to say, uh, uh,
1: the Bat Boy in the World series seems a very odd prize for a a Geography B winner. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes.
0: Uh, do you want to get me to talk a little bit about the, the World Series and Geography tournaments? Well, I
1: would love to hear a little bit about Geography bees tournaments and the World Series. What have you got for us?
0: Well, uh, in mm-hmm. 1993, which is the time period in which this show was taking place, the World Series actually had the Phillies and the Blue Jays. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, the Blue Jays won in the end, but it's just so interesting to me that this show is all about, you know, Phillies, Phillies, Phillies in the first couple episodes and the Phillies go to the World Series and (laughs) nothing. Yes. Clearly they filmed this ahead of time, but like the (laughs) Phillies really do have a really good season in 93 and the show almost kind of craps on them just a little bit.
3: Mm hmm. (laughs)
0: Like they're lovable losers.
1: Yeah, they they really missed out on this opening season. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, I will tell you that uh, because they mentioned Barry Bonds, again, another famous baseball player. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 1992, he was playing for Pittsburgh Pirates. And then that next year, 93, he is officially playing for San Francisco.
1: Mm -hmm. And that's when his head allegedly started growing from the magic juice.
0: So, no, San Francisco was not in the World Series at the time. But I do believe that when Barry Bonds went from the Pirates to San Francisco, it was a huge deal. Mm -hmm. Um, So probably, again, why they were mentioned. And they really do like naming off, you know, famous baseball players at this time. Mm -hmm.
1: And I'm sure that won't possibly become an important plot point of another episode later this season. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right, right.
0: So, geography tournaments. So what I had learned is essentially uh, there's this thing called the National Geography uh, or GOB tournament. Uh, it took place between 1989 to 2000. And then in 2001, it was rebranded to the National Geographic B. Uh, that ran from 2000 uh one to twenty eighteen. Uh and in two thousand nineteen it got postponed. Uh and then two thousand twenty it was no, oh, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Um yeah, basically, got, it, was, it was delayed in 2019, 2020, due to COVID, it was delayed again, and then officially in 2021, it was no more. 2019, I believe they had trouble getting a host, uh, and I'll tell you why. In 1989 to 2000 and, uh, 2013, the host was Alex Trebek. Yes, it was. I remember reading about the uh, the bee
1: in uh, some of the magazines I used to be subscribed to. They were an annual Christmas present for my grandparents. <laughs> Very nice.
0: Yeah, so Alex Trebek was hosting it, and then after he stepped away, they basically had a myriad of hosts, and they really couldn't find a consistent voice. And unfortunately, that's all she wrote for the uh, National Geography Bee so, so this this episode truly is a, a
1: monument to the past in many, many ways. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. No, I don't think Al Trebek was hosting this one, but it's not that far out there to say that this was a, a preamble to get to the national. Uh,
1: exactly. Route route. Yeah. So
0: It's just amazing that the Philadelphia area had the first prize as a... Uh, you know, being World Series a uh, bad boy.
1: I can buy it since the World Series real world was in Philly. Right. So I can buy a regional B having that as a prize. So I can. Right. I can buy that. I can. I can reconcile all that, but I still think that the pull down wall map projector would have been a far better prize. <laughs>
0: Okay. Uh, I will tell you that uh, Kids that competed in this Was between 4th grade and 8th graders So for mm-hmm. To me in the middle of 6th grade Is actually not that bad Yep uh, Yes So that's all I have for that And thus uh, We return to Corey Trying to schmooze
1: Mr. Feeney
0: Yes, exactly. Because Feeney realizes that uh, his interest is not pure.
2: <laughs> and upon what do you base that bizarre theory?
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, and so Corey's like, hey, have me do it. And he's like, no, I want Minkus. Minkus is my champion. <laughs>
1: Oh, yes. And we get that very, very popular Corey shaking his head and Mr. Feeney telling me to stop shaking. And I I love that Corey is not hiding at all that he's trying to suck up.
2: You're sucking up to me.
3: As hard as I can.
1: (laughs) He doesn't even try to hide it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so we go back home. To Eric
0: and uh, Amy, right? (laughs) Yep. We are back in the couch. Uh, Eric is uh, telling his mom that he has exciting news. He's taking Heather to the Aerosmith concert. Mm -hmm. Now, this
1: is the Heather that we heard about in the very pilot episode, wasn't it? This is yeah the Heather that went to the Phillies game. So clearly Corey's date advice worked, and she took at least a second date. This will be a third date, mm hmm, if not more. Exactly.
0: Remember, he did suck a neck. That's right. <laughs> yes. So, uh, and also I will say we're in the kitchen, all this is going on and, uh, it appears as though, uh, Amy's trying to bring the groceries in and Morgan is trying to help her by throwing away the broccoli and anything else she doesn't want.
1: <laughs> That's just par for the course for Morgan. And any other child that age who could sneak that in the trash.
0: <laughs> yes, just cute antics all around by her. Uh, yes, and uh, we do discover that Amy and uh, Alan are also going to set Aerosmith yes, concert. we do, and I got a little clip about that. Mother,
3: and when I call you that, I'm referring to the generational chasm between us, which, which means you couldn't possibly be going to the same concert as me. Why not? Well, you know, Aerosmith's kind of loud for someone your age, Ma. I mean, you should really be listening to... careful are Peter, Paul, and Mary blowing wind somewhere?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Aerosmith was still pretty big in the 90s. Now, granted, now they've fallen off quite hard, but Aerosmith was still pretty big in the 90s, and they would have been in uh, Alan and Amy's day.
0: Yep. Yep, it appears as though uh, Eric doesn't realize that uh, bands are popular for quite some time, and uh, if he likes it, it's probably because they liked it first. I wonder what Eric's favorite
1: Aerosmith song is.
0: Doesn't matter. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, so anywho, uh, <laughs> I do love this next bit. Is um, uh, Corey, Sean... I believe it's Elliot uh, is the boy returning. Ellis. This is Jawan Guy's Ellis. last yes. appearance as Ellis. <laughs> yes. He, Them and Minkus all walk into the house. <laughs> and Corey's introducing mom to Minkus. Minkus has been to the house multiple times. You're telling me Minkus hasn't met mom yet? He was there before the water war. <laughs> yeah. Or is it one of those deals where mom just being nice and saying, hello? <laughs> <laughs> As moms do. Oh, yes. I'm
1: sure she was just being polite. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's
0: the only minkus in the book.
1: (laughs) I'm sure there aren't any other minkuses in Philly. (laughs) No, I wouldn't
0: imagine so. Wait a minute. What what book
1: are they talking about? Mm Mm-hmm. You didn't do any deep dives on phone books?
0: Oh, oh, no, I because I grew up with a phone book and up until the point in middle school that uh, we just stopped yeah. having them. I didn't even think about the fact that, you know, we could have some <laughs> listeners that weren't alive when there were phone
1: books. Yes. <laughs> listeners, if you did not grow up during the 90s and early aughts uh, before we had access to the Internet and phones with access to the Internet, you had to Don't look worry. up phone like numbers in a book. Butthead,
0: it'll come back. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sure it will. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, before we go upstairs, uh, there's a little bit, a little button with that uh, Morgan uh, side story. Uh huh. Um, we discover that uh, uh, we do find the broccoli, and it's hiding the liver. Yes, I. Uh, I've eaten liver. Have you? I have. Um, My mother-in-law used to enjoy liver and onions. I never ate it with her. I ate it when I was a kid. It was not bad, but it's not the best meal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't blame Morgan for wanting to hide it.
0: Yeah, The 90s was huge on uh, dissing liver, and uh, I know I don't remember ever having it. Um, well, I mean, it's the body's I could have without filter. my
3: knowledge.
0: <laughs> right. But, you know, like uh, on Hey Doug, uh, there was a whole big song about liver and onions and the, the kid trying to eat it and not being able to and yeah. finding it gross. You ever want
1: to not get made out with? You have some liver and onions. <laughs>
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, I mean, it is the body's filtration units. I mean, eh, come on. <laughs> so anyway, mm-hmm. they all go upstairs. And I do have a, a, a little qu- uh, clip for us when they get upstairs.
3: I'm glad you could come over, Minkus. Real nice to be here. Can I go now? Chill i don't understand what that means it means that one out of every four people is a nerd so when you look around this room and you don't see one you're it (laughs) but we can help you change maybe i like how i am you like everyone always making fun of you no you like always being the last one picked for teams no you like everyone pulling your underwear up your butt all the time (laughs) it's not so bad (laughs) Let us help you. We're here for you, man. It's early in the year. You can still change your image. What do I do? The geography tournament. You don't want to do it. It'll brand you for life. But I love geography. I'm drawn by the adventure and exoticism of it. (laughs) Hey, perhaps you fellas would like to join the future cartographers of America Club with me. (laughs) Let it go, man. (laughs) If I don't do the tournament, will you guys like me? No. Then I don't see what's in it for me. All right, name your price, you little creep. When you guys play bombardment, could you not aim the ball at my head anymore? (laughs) Do you?
0: Ah, yes. One out of every four people is a nerd.
1: (laughs) Which means when you look around this room and you don't see one, that means you're it.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll say, I think if they're talking about... um, You know, the classic nerd of the Urkel, the Minkus, you know, I think that could be what they're referring to. But in my opinion, I think just about everybody in some way, shape or form is a nerd. There's something that we obsess about. There's something we're a fan of. And whether it's a sport that you're a nerd in or comic books or anime or fantasy stuff, you know, we all nerd out about something. Oh, of course we do. So I think if they're saying that it's one in every four people is super socially awkward and don't know how to interact with people, you're probably spot on. <laughs> and these
1: days it might be more one out of every three. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, it's very true. But yeah, I think I think uh, being a nerd is no longer a badge of disgrace and it's truly a badge of honor and Oh yeah, it's definitely I would not consider as bad myself a nerd. Although, I really Mm.
1: have to wonder why Minkus doesn't think it's so bad to have a wedgie.
0: (laughs) I don't know. I think it's going to lead Minkus down a weird path in his future, and I'm uncomfortable to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah, let's
1: not do too much thinking deeply about that.
0: (sighs) Yes. But I do like that Minkus's condition is, hey, stop hitting me in the head while playing this one game. Um and the Ellis is like, well, what's the point of play if we can't hit him in the head? <laughs> yeah. That is a 90s thing. Very much a 90s thing. Yeah. Bombardment would not be played today. No. No, no. <laughs> All right. So then we go back downstairs into the kitchen where Alan finally gets his turn to discuss his age with his son and going to the Aerosmith's uh, concert. Yep, I do have this conversation
2: as well. Hi. Who's first? Dad, you can't go to the Aerosmith concert. He's afraid it'll blow out our hearing aids. (laughs) I'm just saying it's unnatural. I mean, can't you guys find your own concert to go to? I'm sorry I couldn't get tickets for the Neil (laughs) Sedakathon. Get a clue. We've been listening to Aerosmith since before you were born. Oh, come on. Get out of here. Don't kill my first concert, okay? This isn't your first Aerosmith concert. Madison Square Garden, 1978. We were there. You were here. You ate him? How old are these Aerosmith guys anyway, like a million? <laughs> yeah, our age. Row, C, C, read em and weep. That's a third row. These are amazing. Yeah, old guys get good seats. Maybe we can buy him some decent seats near us so he can at least see the stage. <laughs> I don't want to sit near you
0: guys, okay? I don't want to be in the same amphitheater as you. I don't even want to hear the same group as you. Go see if there are any seats left for Eric Clapton.
3: <laughs> you want to tell him? <laughs> oh,
1: wonderful! Uh, third row seats. Uh, I mean, granted, 1993—they weren't as, anywhere
0: near as expensive as they would be now—but third row seats are
1: still mm-hmm. pretty, pretty decent.
0: Yeah, pretty decent. Uh, I will tell you, uh, as I was looking into Aerosmith and where they were touring in '93. They had two dates in Philadelphia in September. Whoa. So they either could have been to the uh, September uh, 17th or the 22nd. Wow. And
1: this did air on the 22nd.
0: Yeah. So it's not that out there that they could have actually uh, gone to that. I did not get the chance to look up... um, if they were touring in uh, 1976, but would it surprise me if they actually picked, you know, a date and went with it and it was at Madison Square Garden? No. <laughs> I mean, the way that most of these writers do stuff anyway, I'm sure it was a important date for one of them or the first time they saw it. So, Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I will say, though, I did look into a little bit of Eric Clapton because, you know, I'm... A 90s kid, but I got no idea who Eric Clapton is. Oh, you Philistine. Um, I know. I do know that he's a (laughs) rock and roll Hall of Famer from uh, 1992. Uh, And he kind of had this tradition of he would tour a little bit, and then he'd take time off, and he would be recording, and then he'd go on another tour, and then be recording. Uh, But in 1993, uh, he was doing some touring overseas, uh Japan, if you will. Yeah, Eric's not getting a ticket to that show. <laughs> yeah, so I'm thinking that when they say, you know, should you should we tell him, I think they know he's not in America right
2: now.
1: <laughs> I think that's a double. So, I, I think that's double though, because Eric Lavin's definitely their heir as well. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So, and and there was, he was in New York City on June 15th, but yeah, he was not in the United States uh, at the time, potentially of this concert. (laughs) Wow. So, but it doesn't really surprise me that, you know, his parents who are into music are aware of what these musicians are doing because they probably are reading magazines or, you know things in newspapers and whatnot because mm-hmm. they used to cover those things so exactly yeah yeah I mean now they cover you know how people feel about stuff rather than actually you know what they're doing <laughs> musically yeah I gotta say one of my beef with music nowadays is like <laughs> oh my gosh they dropped an album and it's like we so, are isn't that what they're supposed to do like <laughs> why is this news like how is this a big like that's you, what musicians almost, do like, <laughs> right like every like year year and a half two years whatever like they drop albums like it's like oh my gosh beyonce has a new album coming out tuesday it's like why wouldn't she
1: that's her job (laughs) as a musician make music and
0: share it (laughs) yes so um so, yes, Eric's quite disappointed that his parents are, have much better tickets than he is, and he decides to storm out. And I think this is probably one of the first times where Eric and the parents are really having a kind of disagreement, and Eric, is his his life is getting interrupted by his parents.
1: Yeah, I think so. We're, we're starting to see a little bit of teenage defiance from Eric. hmm uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's also he's kind of losing his cool a little bit. Mm -hmm. He's not the cool older brother who's always calm and collected. He's frazzled and unhappy. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, we get back into the classroom where Minky is officially putting in his resignation for... The Geography Tournament. Yes, he does. It's and a, Mr. Feeney is very disappointed. It's
1: a sad day for Mr. Minkus, or for Mr. Feeney. Very sad. <laughs> yes. He wants to be a regular guy. And, Carpe diem. And Mr. Feeney has some wise words for him.
2: Mr. Minkus, I have always thought of you as exceptional.
0: Yep. I mean, I don't doubt that he doesn't believe that, but you got to imagine that he's still trying to fight him to uh, not fight him, but he's trying to convince him. You got to do the tournament. You know, you want to. Yeah,
1: I mean, and uh, from Minkus's standpoint, I don't doubt for a second that this sixth grade boy who's been picked on for probably his entire school career just wants to blend in. You know, he wants yep. to be like Corey was a couple of, uh, well, just what, one episode back where Corey shares that he just wants to, to blend in and not stick out mm-hmm. and Minkus just wants to fit in and, and blend in. Meanwhile, Mr. Feeney is, I mean, he's got this reputation to uphold where, you know, he's taken the best of the best to all of these groups. I wonder if he's ever taken a student all the way to the national level in one or if these plaques are just from the regional but, no, that's a good question you, he tries to sneak in that uh, that trick about uh, Thrace with uh, with mm-hmm. Minkus and uh, you know Minkus gives him his credit there and then Corey steps up I'm the only game <laughs> in town then Mr. Matthews mm-hmm. there is no game <laughs>
0: I just I love that that he's like throwing his arms out like come on it's got you it's me come on another Mister classic
1: Mr. image from Boy Meets World
0: <laughs> uh-huh. um yeah I just love that so much and he's just walking away and then we have this very interesting scene where they walk into the hallway. Yep, and I, I clipped just about all this conversation,
1: and uh, it just, it really, it really stuck out.
2: Come on, give me a chance. A chance to what, Mr. Matthews? To publicly humiliate me? Not nah, to win for you. You've never shown any interest in geography before this? But I do have an interest in winning geography tournaments. I can learn anything when I'm interested in it. Are you saying that you're willing to learn something from me?
3: Yeah. And if anyone can teach me, you can. Because that's the kind of teacher you are. I'm an empty vessel. How many times have I heard you say that?
2: (laughs) I've lost count.
3: But I'm willing to learn from you. How many times have you heard me say that?
2: Well... I don't believe I've ever heard those words in that order from you. (laughs) All right, Mr. Matthews. I will take you on. I shall prep you for the tournament. I know that your motives are not pure, but I hope your quest for the prize will lead you to the Temple of Knowledge.
3: Yeah, yeah, if it's on the way.
0: I am an empty vessel. (laughs) How many times have I heard you say that? (laughs) Oh great just, stuff just, it's the back and forth that is just so good in this show it really is uh, you you can't
1: beat it with a stick and uh, the one line that might have stuck out more to me there is that mr feeney is he really that concerned about his public image when he asked mm-hmm. Corey about a chance to what to publicly humiliate me like, uh, mm-hmm. and, and he never struck me as someone. And, and granted, as as <sighs> what word do I want to use? As vain? No, nah, I'm, I'm thinking from a different angle. As uh, put together, as Mr. Feeney is, mm-hmm. and I can understand as someone who's put together to to be exposed like that. I can understand that that would be embarrassing, but to would would it really be Would is it something that he would really take that hard to have a student fail? Hmm. Just something to wonder about.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the show does, does indicate that Feeney has a competitive side. Mm-hmm. Um, And Feeney, when he loses, does not always handle that well. (laughs) So I think we may just be seeing immediate signs of, you know, he's not necessarily concerned with his student learning and being the best, but showing that he is the superior teacher to the other teachers bringing students.
1: Mm -hmm. I think we might see more of that. That is interesting to me. Might see a little more of that next season.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So now well <laughs> I do like he says, we're on our way to the temple of knowledge. Yeah, yeah, if, if we it's get on there. Oh the <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, I will say, real quick, you know, I know where this episode goes and everything, and I guess we'll get there when we get there, but there's a part of me that kind of wonders if is looking for for Corey to step up to education, Mm. you know, and almost like he mentions the baseball prize almost as a way to see, will I catch Sean or Corey or another one of my boys who, you know, don't always have interest and can I teach them more? Are they willing to learn more just to get a a prize? Mm he didn't have to make the announcement. Hmm. Because I think Minkus was going to do it regardless.
1: Eh, interesting thought. Hmm.
0: So anyway, uh, we go to the backyard where Corey is in a book. <laughs> and it's very odd. It and uh, it's kind of upsetting to Sean and Ellis, apparently.
1: Yes. Corey. Teachers are starting to know us. Notice they're saying you have potential.
0: <laughs> yes, and Corey is shouting out or just kind of stating facts, and uh, one of them throws a uh, wad of paper at their head, and he does the same joke that uh, Minkus had earlier, where Sean threw something at his head, and he just says "ow" and doesn't look up. <laughs> He's becoming so. I like Minkus. that reflective. <laughs> yes. He, he and Minkus are switching positions, you could say. They are. So, But it's also like the fact that Corey is finding what he's learning is actually interesting. Mm-hmm. He's,
1: uh, the shields are down, and he's actually allowing himself to engage.
0: Yes. Now, this leads me down to a, a part that I'm not going to enjoy very much. Uh, Corey is wrong. Or his textbook is wrong. Uh, I'm not sure how they were measuring the distance between Mount Whitney and Death Valley. Uh, But from all of the estimates I could find online, he's nowhere close to 50 miles away. (laughs) Unless they are measuring, like, from the point at which the mountain ends and the point where the valley begins, if somehow magically that is 50 miles away from each other. Maybe I could see that. Hmm. But from using maps and also just doing a general Google search, here are the different answers I got. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 80, 85, 88, 90, 100, uh, 106.5. And if you're driving uh, from... Immediately in the actual valley of Death Valley, up over towards the mountain, about 136 miles, about three hour drive. Mm. Um, But roughly, you know, it could be about a two hour car ride still, you know, to get from one point to the other. Mm -hmm. So, which isn't horrible. It's still close, but it's not 50 Uh, So I'm not sure how they measured that. I couldn't find that because nowhere in my search of trying to specifically use the number 50 was I able to find it. Mm. So if there's someone that understands geography better than me, please reach out and tell us because I would love to learn. I am an empty vessel.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Teach him. And uh, if you happen to see the uh, cover of the book that Corey might have been looking, the atlas that he was using, you know, hit us up. Because I didn't see it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, no. And remember, geography always changes, so. Mm -hmm. That's very, very true. (laughs) Uh, Yes, so Minka shows up, and uh, Corey can't use his brain because it's no longer in service. And his fashion sense has seemed to have gotten even worse.
3: Every time I think I'm out, they try to suck me back in. (laughs)
1: I like the little back and forth that Minkus and Mr. Feeney have uh, over the fence.
3: Last night I watched House of Style on MTV. What do you think?
2: I think Western civilization is in its decline.
3: I completely agree. I'm going to watch Beavis and Butthead now.
2: (laughs) All right. Here it is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I present to you the, the Bemis and Butthead Deep Dive. Oh, we got uh, this a will Beavis hopefully. Beamus Butthead Deep Dive. This will hopefully save anyone that was too young when this came out to get into it. Because, dear Lord, I feel like we should just move on from this as a society. Um, For the record, when this show first came out, I was too young to watch it. And if it came on, I was yelled at immediately, turn that off. Uh, My parents were way too much aware and they didn't want me watching it, which is fine. So... Uh, Beavis and Butthead Originally was a part of a short film Called Frog Baseball uh, Which was produced by MTV And then they started airing An uh, actual show called Beavis and Butthead In March 8th, 1993 So I think the giant reaction Is literally just coming from the fact That this is a new show It's big with teenagers and kids And you know inappropriate adults And you know People just, it was really part of the zeitgeist at the time. So I think they were just trying to hit the nail on the head of, you know, what young people were into. And unfortunately people were into Beavis and Butthead. Now, uh, the original airing of this show went from, uh, as I said, March 8th, 1993 to November 28th, 1997. Uh, they then had another season that aired in October 27th, 2011. And again, for whatever reason, they're airing a new season in August. We are recording in July. So maybe, just maybe, the new season of Bemis and Butthead, you've already started watching, and I am sorry. <sighs> they're airing because it's Successful. Yes There's officially 8 seasons And 225 episodes That sounds about right (laughs) Yeah So the reason that I am Annoyed with this whole Bemis and Butthead thing Is just merely because this Is the prelude to things like South Park and Family Guy and all these Other inappropriate cartoons Which you know I will say, I've watched some of them. Not all of them have I really engaged with a lot of, but you know, some of them are funny. But, you know, for me, I just like to forget about Bemis and Butthead. Because what did they actually do? Well, they did America. Yes, I do know that. And they have. Would you like to add anything as someone who lived in this time uh, as a young person with the Bemis and Butthead? Well,
1: Beavis and Butthead taught us that we need teepee for our (laughs) bungholes. Very nice. And they entered terms like fart knocker into the lexicon.
0: Yes. (laughs) So we continue with Corey kind of just spitting out uh, factoids, especially towards uh, Mr. Feeney. And, uh, it's the first time that we get a glimpse of Feeney being happy that Corey is trying. Yeah. That smile is
1: genuine pride. It's really cool Mm -hmm. to see. Yeah.
0: Uh, and he does bring up, uh, Hawaii being used to being called the Island of sandwiches. Mm
3: -hmm. Uh,
0: and to finish up my deep dive, hopefully the last time I research about sandwiches and the Earl of sandwich, (laughs) um, It was, uh, the Island of Sandwiches was named after, um, the Earl of Sandwiches, uh, which is Hawaii's original name. Uh, the Earl of Sandwich at that time was John Monque, the fourth. Uh, he is the fourth, uh, the the third was actually his grandfather and he took over the, uh, position of Earl of Sandwich at the age of 10. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which was a noble uh, British title um, At the time The reason he is the inventor Of the sandwich is because he would be uh, Gambling with his buddies And quite often during his uh, Gambling he would say to one of his servants Hey bring me two meats And bread And eventually his buddies would go Hey bring me the same as Sandwich (laughs) And thus that's how we get the name sandwich make me a sandwich exactly and that dear friends is the last deep dive I have for this episode thank goodness (laughs) 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 um But yes, but we get to the dinner table where Corey is, uh, his family are helping him study. And -hmm. they're going through different states and different uh, topics. And Eric, of course, is trying to bring up other bands uh, to potentially get his parents to either have interest in or to claim as his own. Elton John, Led Zeppelin, Tina
1: Turner, my grandmother's Or wait, no, was that her mother's or her grandmother's? (laughs) Uh, Either way. (laughs) Oh
0: yeah, yes. But either way, Eric is still continuing his frustrations and annoyance and anger. I will say this
1: of Eric: I I, I will give Eric these uh, this compliment in the midst of his angsty teenage uh, fit.
0: He's got some good taste in music. Yep, yeah. <laughs> very much so. All righty, we move into officially the competition.
1: And I will ask: Was anyone else a little weirded out by all those teachers rubbing their sixth graders' shoulders before the competition?
0: That's, that's uh, that was the topic that I wanted to discuss with you. Um, <laughs> You know, so, so, so a little background on, on you and I We can share with the audience um, You know, you met me when I was a teenager mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you were uh, responsible somewhat Whenever I was around um, To make sure I was safe and Somewhat And protected and all that <laughs> jazz um, But at no point did would I have ever felt comfortable With you as an adult of authority Rubbing my shoulders in any way, shape, or form So, what's the deal, 90s? (laughs) Well, the 90s were a little less
1: concerned with that. Uh, They weren't as concerned with asking those types of questions. And... Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think that in writing the episode and directing the episode that Sus that Susan and David really thought through the implications of what that could look like or what it could lead to or what the questions could yeah. be because you know here we are twenty years later and well thirty years later and You know, just the amount of news stories that come out about inappropriate relationships between teachers and students and. Or coaches and players. And coaches and players. And not that there was any subtext at all in this scene. But unfortunately, as someone who has been. uh, someone who's worked with teenagers, someone who has. spent a lot of time, uh, just immersed in news and who I I work in communications these days, I have seen and read far too much about those types of relationships that have just gone way too far. And it's sadly, it's, it's impossible for me to see that type of an innocent interaction without... That type of thing in the back of my head, just because it's, right. I am concerned for the safety of a student. And yes. Yes. And not, and like I said, I do not believe for a moment that there was any subtext meant that there was any Anything intended with this scene. It was just simply for the setup for the joke that Mr. Feeney was telling Corey to roll his own shoulders.
0: (laughs) Right. But again, though, we see Mr. Feeney having, for lack of a wording, a little more class and you know, respecting the boundaries of his student. Well, I go like this. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I mean clearly it's all about the joke. This show is all about the joke. But if we're if we're looking at it through the eyes of a two thousand twenty two dads, you know, Mr. Feeney is the type of teacher you want to you're going to trust.
1: Yes, he is. You know,
0: and, and Mr. Feeney has a higher standard. Even if other teachers are doing things that are questionable, Mr. Feeney is the one that won't be doing that. Yes,
1: he is a teacher that maintains an appropriate distance from his students he engages them at a personal relational level but he maintains an appropriate distance where he is able to maintain a narrative authority that will not either prevent him from serving as an authority figure nor will it undermine other authority figures such as parents or other teachers
0: Yep. And of course we'll see this more as we progress Especially into season 6 For Indeed. whatever reason Indeed
1: yes. <laughs> no, yes No hidden stuff there And we signed, no. find out The stage is full of Minkuses
0: Yes All blown Minkuses <laughs> Boys and girl Minkuses all over the place I have in my just, notes all caps It's a stage full of Minkuses Well, I just love how confident Corey is. He's like, I got this. I got this. And then the moment the the competition starts, you can see his eyes just darting all around. Like, what is happening? What's going on? I'm so lost. What's happening? Wait, did you know that Hawaii used to be called Sandwich Islands? Uh, And I
1: find it funny and somewhat sad that despite all that time he put into learning, he apparently crashed and burned on his very first question.
0: You know? But it does get back to that point of did Mr. Feeney care more about him actually learning the things that he was supposed to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. But I, I do love that as he's lost and you know it's the clear the joke is no matter how hard he tried he was slacking out before he wasn't ready for this
1: yes uh, you can you can cram but did you truly prepare and that's not right. something that's stated but it's definitely one of those lessons that's caught not taught and uh, yep. <laughs> the B winner and supposed runner up you know I want to give a little bit of credit to these two actresses um, in IMDb in in their credited roles. There's a little bit of confusion there. Uh, Contestant number five is actually contestant number three when spoken on screen is Brunel Dahl only credited acting uh, role. And contestant number six uh, is actually contestant number four is Laurel Diskin. This is her last of three credited appearances. She doesn't Appear to have acted again after this. So mm. apparently she was got this and said, Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wondering two things about all this. One, did Mr. Feeney desert Corey after the bee, after he lost? Because <laughs> Corey's on stage all by himself, hitting his yeah. head, hitting the northernmost part of his head. <laughs> and two, were his parents there?
0: That's a great question. Well, was this taking place during school?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I don't, I don't remember hearing
0: a time uh, given, so I don't know. Right. You know. There's a bunch of giant questions that come into play. and <laughs> Logistically, I don't think we can get to it. <laughs> I don't think we can. Yes, I do love that the girls, they're walking out with a giant trophy going, what is a bad boy anyway? (laughs) Yes. Further driving home, it should have been the wall map. (laughs) Yeah, it probably should have, but it wasn't. But we go to the next scene, which is, again, a very fuming, very angry uh, Eric Matthews.
1: Mm hmm. Oh, his embarrassment at uh, at Alan and Amy, just his inability to enjoy himself because he's so focused on his parents enjoying themselves. I've actually seen this a lot of times. Mm -hmm. I've probably been guilty of this in some way, not necessarily with my Mm -hmm. parents, but I'm sure I've been guilty of this with other people where I've seen them enjoying themselves. And that has caused me to not be able to enjoy myself.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh
1: yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. And we get to Um, finally see Heather Ralston. We finally get to see and meet Heather and she's a cutie. Yes, for sure. And she's played by Nikki Cox she has 47 acting credits. We haven't seen her wow. acting since 2011. So she's been on the spotlight mm. for over a decade. Uh, she's appeared in such shows as Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, Under Heavy Prosthetic Work, Night Court, uh-huh. Baywatch, Las Vegas, Unhappily Ever After, and Terminator 2. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Uh, so, oh,
0: I wonder if she was the girlfriend
1: in Terminator 2. Uh, she was still pretty young, and when Terminator Two came out, she that was it,
0: the lead actor. It, it wasn't a it wasn't a large role. Okay, I just know he had a little girl that he was flirting with, and I can't remember. So it's been a while since I've watched T. Two <laughs> might have been. I, I I don't remember the character name,
1: but I know it wasn't a large yeah. role.
0: Well, uh, <laughs> I do love you these- Eric is just ranting and clearly it's just to his siblings because, you know, sometimes as a sibling, the only people that will understand your frustration are your siblings. Of course. I've been there many a times. Uh, It's always fun when you could just go your mom or your dad or your parents and they just go. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I find it funny that he sits on the loser's couch because Corey lost his geography B thing, and he's the mm-hmm. loser with
0: the the weird
1: parents and
0: <laughs> the cool parents. Yeah, the cool parents. I just love that Heather's like, "Your parents are so adorable. Like, your mom was on your dad's shoulders. Like, that's so great." <laughs> I, I like how.
1: Alan kind of sums it all up for him at the end there, and I got a clip of his uh, His closing conversation with Eric there
2: Eric, I'm sorry, and I know it's tough to hear this, but your mother and I are at an awkward age. We're parents, but we're not dead yet (laughs) Fine glad somebody had a good time. Come on Heather. I'm taking you home Eric stop right there Sit back on that couch Both of you Join me on the couch Heather. Corey, upstairs.
3: Why? I'm not remotely tired. Corey. But suddenly
2: I'm overcome with fatigue. Come on, sweetie. But I want to watch Eric get yelled at. There lots of opportunities for that. You no, know, Dad. It uh, really wouldn't be too cool to start yelling at me in front of my girlfriend. You know, when I was your age, I had a father like the one you want. Well, what I wanted was a father like the one you got. Live with it. (laughs) Did my parents just leave us alone together?
3: Yeah, I think they just did.
2: I'm the lucky boy with the cool parents. (laughs) Not that cool.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's such a simple and... uh, it's just such a simple way to handle that situation. Yeah. When I was your age, I had a dad like you want. You, and I hated it. Live with it. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not a behavioral issue that needs taken care of. It's not, uh, it's just an attitude adjustment that needs to take place. And Eric just needs to learn that. As he gets older, he's got to learn that his parents have their own lives, too. And they're occasionally going to cross. And so he just needs to learn to live with it or he's just not going to be able to enjoy himself. And I just I love how simple it is. It's just
0: deal with it. (laughs) And he walks away. Right. well, I, I I think I what I appreciate about that though, is he's not yelling at him, mm-hmm. although he uses his firm dad voice. yep, but when he talks to him, it is kind of that, hey, you know, this is what I wanted. I am trying to be the dad that I wanted for you. So deal with the fact that that's who I am.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to give you the dad that I really wanted, the dad that would be the best dad deal with it
0: (laughs) yeah well you know this is the thing i love about this show is it doesn't air away from the fact that alan and amy are real people Mm -hmm. that have desires that want to do stuff that it's not just wrapped around their kids Mm -hmm. and so you know they're gonna go to a concert of a band they like why because they a have the money to do it and b they want to That's right. So why not? Mm -hmm. You know, initially they said, hey, Eric, why don't you babysit your siblings? (laughs) And that's when he couldn't. Yep. Um, But, you know, it, 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 it truly is that, hey, buddy, you need to understand this from someone else's perspective. Just because you're angry that we had a better time, that's not our fault. Yep. You have to live with it. (laughs) <laughs> Love that. But then, of course, we go back to the classroom. Cause every good episode that starts in the classroom must end in the classroom. That's right. Minky is return or Minkus has returned back to uh, being his good old nerdy self mm-hmm. in all his glory. That's
2: Sometimes right. a man doesn't know himself until he's walked a mile in another man's humongous pants. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, the 90s and their humongous pants oh yes it was fun Mm -hmm. I had some (laughs) (laughs) yep so uh, Corey also realizes that if Minkus had the same question as him, Minkus would have gotten it immediately without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But Corey and uh, Sean, or Cory and Sean, Corey and Feeney are talking about, hey, Corey's sad that he didn't win and he really wish he could have because he tried. And Mr. Feeney reveals something that uh, I don't think Corey was expecting. Mm-hmm. And he I, reveals I... his grade.
1: Oops. Oh. I did clip this conversation to close it all out. Oh, good. (laughs) Please
2: continue. I want you to know that I tried my hardest. Did you? Do you really feel you gave it your best? That you studied as hard as you possibly could? Yeah, I do. You know, Mr. Matthews, many 15th century explorers believed that geography meant taking their little boat as far as it could go before it fell off the earth you have pushed yourself to your father's latitudes and not only did you not topple over the edge but I believe together we have charted new territory
3: what's this?
2: that is this week's geography exam I got an A? yes it's an A congratulations Mr. Matthews We won.
0: Right. I love that so much. hmm Because in the end, you know, it's it's probably even more valuable to Mr. Feeney that Corey actually gave his best effort.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. So,
0: and I think it also just, it puts into perspective that when Corey tries, he can do well. Mm-hmm. And probably when he was looking at the book studying in the beginning, he probably glanced at it a couple of times, like briefly right before the test, and then
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that's all he did. Yeah, he's he's learned better study habits. He's learned what studying is, and you know, this this can go far for him in his mm-hmm. educational career.
0: Well, we end the episode by uh Corey and Alan watching the uh, World Series and uh, Barry Bonds is about to go up to bat when, oh my goodness, the bat boy or bat girl in this instinct uh, (laughs) has a banner and, and it says, Get France out of the Tuamotos. Which was the question that uh, Corey failed on. To whom do they belong to? <laughs> to whom does who belong to?
1: Oh, these announcers have got to be... These are the most ridiculously knowledgeable baseball announcers. <laughs> yeah. Everyone knows who the emotists are,
0: except for Corey. Yeah. Oh, well. And I'm um, <laughs> I was gonna say, and unfortunately, you know, a lot of the bad people, bat boys, or just ball chasers, a lot of times they're actual athletes that, you know, get p- handpicked to do those things. Yeah, we so, don't we
1: don't see, you know, kids actually being bat boys anywhere other than the ceremonious
0: ceremonial bat yeah. boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean like, you know, if you watch uh the longest uh summer or whatever that documentary is called about the uh, chase for the home run record. You know, you see Mark McGuire's son is with him wearing a Jersey and whatnot, maybe in the dugout a little bit, but you know, he's not the official bad boy. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> he's just there. Cause his dad is, you know, at a strat, at a high stratosphere of, uh, of course about to ac- complete something. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was just at a guardians game a couple weeks ago and you know, Everyone that's, uh, you know, the guys out there chasing balls and uh, that go foul and the ones that are out there grabbing the bats, you know, they're, they're not, they're, they're out there. That's their job. They're not people that are out there because they want a contest.
0: <laughs> no. No, but again, you could do be a ceremonial bad boy. That's very much different. That's like being a ceremonial team captain yeah. for the Super Bowl. Like, they like doesn't mean anything. There were like four ceremonial first pitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Well, that was the uh, the killing bee. Um, the, the killing bee. <laughs> Killing bee? No. No, Killer bees. Killer killer bees. That was a killer bee. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we did have those killer bees at one point during the pandemic. I'm not going crazy. Hornets. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever happened to them? (laughs) I don't know. I missed that part of the pandemic. Apparently they went away. Yeah. So. What, uh, what type of a grade do you think you would give this episode, Brett?
2: Miss Owens, excellent. Mr. Baker, very nice. Mr. Matthews. Well, there it is. I would give this episode a
1: solid B. A uh, lot of good lessons all around. A lot of things for all of the characters, all the main characters to do. And I felt like there were some solid arcs for each of them from beginning to end. A lot of really good interactions.
0: What about you? I think I'm landing on a B- right now this this Mm. truly was a solid episode um i think they're finally developing what we'll get to know as the Corey storyline and the eric storyline um you know there was something going on with eric but it was always you know off screen like we were never watching eric go on the date or anything like that but in the future if he's gonna have a date they're gonna show part of it um So I like that we're seeing where things are going to be going with the Corey and Eric storylines, but also, you know, as much as I enjoyed every little bit of this episode and found a lot of stuff funny, probably a lot of the real world aspects kind of pulled me out of it, (laughs) Um, you know, and also the whole (laughs) shoulder rub thing uh, definitely bothered me, Um, Mm -hmm. but still good episode still enjoyed it i don't know if we'll ever truly give a bad grade to any episode like the lowest we've gone so far is a c which is still you know a passing grade Mm -hmm. (laughs) it can be a good grade still
1: treading water
0: yeah Yeah. exactly i think
1: this might be the first one you've given a lower grade than me though
0: no i think i give the last one a lower grade well, Maybe. I can't remember. Either way. I'd have to I, go back and check the tape. <laughs> yeah. I know we both gave a lower grade to the fourth episode, which I know is heresy and all, but <gasps> I know, <laughs> but either well, so way. So what's your, uh,
1: what's your Feeney's life lesson?
0: You know, I think really when it comes down to it, the main story that I, I, I pulled away from this is there truly is great joy in and trying to get um, get someone to go in a way that maybe they don't want to, but in the end would be better for them. Um, I would mm-hmm. say that with Feeney deciding to take on Corey in in the competition, I think Feeney was aware Corey is not going to win. But could Corey do good enough to know the things he needs to know for the test on Friday? Yes. And I think the fact that Feeney was willing to put his pride aside and take a loss in one battle to gain an advantage and and get Corey to see what his actual potential is is just huge. It's just that right. it's a, I think that's getting him away from just being a degenerate to actually thinking about school in a different way.
1: I walked away with two lessons. And the first is it's okay to enjoy embarrassing your kids. <laughs> and the second is one that we've actually, uh, given to our own children, all three of them, many, many, many times. If you gave it your best, that's what we ask. If, if you truly give it your best, it doesn't matter what you got, whether it's an A, a C, what, you know, whatever, if you gave it your all, if you gave your best effort, That's all we ask, because even in losing, if you gave it your best, you actually won.
0: Yep. Um, I mean, we had that a couple days ago for our last T-ball game my son just couldn't get a ball because either a it wasn't a hit towards him or when it was another player would go and get the ball before him. And he looked mm-hmm. back at me with giant tears and his eyes just so upset on the last play. And I held mm-hmm. him. I said, buddy, it's okay. You tried. you tried. That's all I ask of you. And I was mm-hmm. like, can, can we just go shake the hands of the other players and, and put our heads up? He goes, yeah, yeah, we can. So Uh later on, I told him, like, hey, I'm so proud of you. I'm like, you tried the best you could. And at the end of the day, you shook, you know, the other team's hands. And that's that's a win for daddy.
1: Yep. So that's right.
0: Just trying to help these kids understand of, hey, you got the uh, the parent that I always wanted. So deal with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it, it does help that you have a good dad like I did. So just trying to be better is the hard part.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> so
0: I believe you owe me a dad joke before we sign off this week. I do. I do owe you a dad joke. And I think it's going to be a running bit forever that I always forget that when I'm doing this, I'm supposed to give you the dad joke. I'll spend all this time <laughs> doing all these stuff research on the weirdest things and not finding a single bit he able to share oh goodness okay um, alright I'm gonna do a classic are you ready alright knock knock who's there banana banana who knock knock who's there banana banana who knock knock who's there banana, banana, who? knock, knock. Who's there? banana. Banana who? Knock knock. Who's there? Orange. Orange who? Orange. You glad I didn't say banana.
3: <laughs>
0: now I will say this was definitely a giant '90s joke. So I used this a lot as a kid, but I claim it as a dad joke because my father, to this day, <laughs> uses this joke just to annoy people. <laughs> I
1: I will admit it is a dad joke. I have used it on my children, and now mm-hmm. they—at least the youngest one—still uses it. <laughs>
0: uh huh. Uh huh. Well, I believe that's all we have time for today, Brett. Where can we find you on the internet?
1: Well, you can find me trolling the interwebs on Twitter and Instagram, both at Doctor Headley Art. And I'll uh, probably be popping in on our Facebook page at Dad's Meat World. Where yep. can we find you, Tyler?
0: Well, you can always find me on Twitter at Tyler Volk. Uh, I know we're going to have a Twitter account. That's just one of those things on my list I keep forgetting to do. So eventually we will have a Twitter account. Most likely by the time this comes out, we will have a Twitter account. I promise I'm going to make it happen. Uh, (laughs) But there are plenty of ways for us to get a hold of us. And you can always email us at dadsmeatworld at gmail. But uh, I believe that's all we have time for today.
1: That's right. So you listeners out there, we'll see you next week. And Tyler, I'll see you. Good looking. Bye. Good looking. dad's meat world on facebook twitter and probably a few other places just by searching for dad's meat world dad's meat world is a production of head First studios head for studios tell your story